Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. All right, everybody, you are listening to Bloomberg Markets. I just met our next guest. Uh, she's the former head of the Arthur Ashe Foundation, and she's got this incredible documentary app that's taking a look at some of the great athletes in the world. Uh, so uh, we'll get to her in just a moment, momentarily. In the meantime, let's get another check on your top business stories. He does top business stories. He does the markets. He does the New York City subway. And he does winners and losers. And I love it. I love what I do. Here's what's going on. We've got the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ. They all moved higher today. First trading day of September. The S&P 500 index up four. A gain there of two-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up 39, up two-tenths of one percent. Stack up six to sixty four thirty five, a gain there of one tenth of one percent. Nasdaq at a record. The ten year down thirteen thirty seconds with a yield of two point one six percent. Gold up seven thirty the ounce to thirteen twenty five, a gain there of six tenths of one percent. West Texas Intermediate crude up two tenths of one percent to forty seven thirty a barrel. A retreat today for gasoline down by two percent. The U.S. economy added fewer employees than expected in August. The jobless rate rose, wages climbed less than forecast, and a break from otherwise solid progress in the labor market. Non-farm payrolls up by 156,000. Estimates were for 180,000. As for the interest rate environment and the Fed's next move, Bloomberg Television caught up with Jacob Frankel, chairman of J.P. Morgan Chase International. The U.S. recovery has been reasonably robust. Labor markets, notwithstanding the numbers of this morning, have also been very satisfactory. Unemployment is low. Uh, I believe that uh, whatever the Fed was planning to do, they should go ahead and do it. Lululemon, a big mover today. It kicked off its biggest rally in three months after reassuring investors that it remains a bright spot in a moribund athletic apparel market. Lulu up 7.2%. Recapping stocks higher, NASDAQ at a record, S&P up 5, a gain of two-tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you so much. Bloomberg Markets brought to you by National Realty, managers of New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, and Florida cash flow real estate, offering safe, high-yield, Cash flow property units. See them at NRIA.net. This is Bloomberg. Yeah, Pimco wanting more, 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 raising fun fees. What's up with that? Peggy Collins is investing team leader at Bloomberg News. She's back in our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York City. Hi, Peggy. Hey, Carol. How are you doing out there? Um, good. I wish you were here. It's Me really too. beautiful. Um, do you like tennis? I do. I love tennis. Do you ever come to the U.S. Open? You know, last year I went and it was absolutely spectacular. Yeah, Yeah. it was my first time um, being on the court with the new roof. Uh, But this year I didn't get a chance to get out there. Is it really busy and bustling? Uh, It's packed. In fact, they've got like sold out days for the next couple of days. They were saying that it's just, you know, people really want to see Federer play and Nadal, some of these older players, if you will, that have had some, I guess, injuries. And so I guess every opportunity to see them continue playing is, is something pretty coveted. So uh, it's pretty nice. And the weather is spectacular. I was going to say, absolutely beautiful day here in New York. Couldn't be better. It's actually quite cool. Uh, yeah. Fall's coming. Hey, talk to me about what's coming at uh, PIMCO because they're raising fees. What's up with that? 
Well, this was the eye popper for the investing team this week, I have to say. So my colleague John Gittleson reported yesterday that PIMCO Income Fund, which has really been swallowing assets as a bond fund this year, it's run by Dan Iveson at PIMCO. Essentially, PIMCO announced that it was going to be raising fees on the fund, which is really astounding because all we've been reporting, it feels like, Mm -hmm. for the past couple of years is the race to the bottom on fees, the other direction. We've seen BlackRock, Vanguard, Charles Schwab duking it out to see how how low they could go, essentially. I mean, in some cases, we're starting to watch for the first person who may come out with an ETF or index fund that's free. And so for a, for a fund company to come out and say we're actually going to raise some fees on our funds was really pretty surprising. I mean, talk to us, Peggy, about the amount of funds that uh, this particular fund has attracted in like the past year alone. I mean, money's just coming in big time. Yeah, it's essentially, it's added $23.5 billion in new investments in the past 12 months, more than any other actively managed U- uh, U.S. fund. So essentially, it's attracting a lot of investors, and investors are putting cash behind it. Why? It really comes down to performance, right? It's a, you know, I was thinking as I prepared for this interview, Carol, it's a little like the iPhone. Like, you know, if you, (laughs) if you deliver performance to people, um, and things that they want all day long and to use, or if you're a mutual fund that's really delivering to to people on performance, you can afford potentially to ratchet up the fee a little bit. You know, Peggy, I feel like it's capitalism at its best, right? If there's something that people want and they're willing to pay for it, well, then you can charge more and in in the world of funds where there's a ton of choices but you know if an investor looks at something and looks at the historical performance and says okay well this fund is performing i'm willing to pay up a little bit more for it uh i am i just kind of find it staggering and interesting but i do feel like it's capitalism at work it is in some ways, and essentially what PIMCO is saying is, look, the funds delivered strong performance, yet its expense to investors has re- has still remained lower than most of its peer group averages. So mm-hmm. they feel like they can justify uh, upping the fee a bit and still be, you know, lower than the average that's out there. So what happens when they don't return? Well, that's <laughs> when the question, right? Amazing. Like, do they give it back? Do they reduce the fees? I mean, it's a little crazy. Right, exactly. Or crazy. And the, this whole idea of being at or lower than than the average fee in your peer group is something that active managers are really starting to key into more and more. We had the CEO CEO of Aerial Investments mm-hmm. on Bloomberg TV earlier this week and he keyed into that fact too that the that companies that have active managers and by that very nature are generally more expensive than if it's a passive index or ETFs are really focusing now on okay, amongst other active managers, where do our fees sit? And if we're not at the average or lower, we really need to be able to explain that. All right, I'm curious when your team uh, you know, puts out this story. I'm assuming that they're dialing up some other fun houses um, and saying, well, wait, so PIMCO is going to do this. Uh, you've got, you know, some funds that are doing really well, too. Are you going to, you know, ratchet up your fees? Um what are you hearing from the rest of the industry? Or is it just too early? Well, to be honest, we haven't heard too many people think that way. What we've more been hearing is some active managers saying, okay, we see the race to the bottom on fees and to be competitive and battle back against the index 
this index funds that are getting so many investors were going to go down. So this is really the first one, and I'm sure there's another. Uh, there, yeah, that is yeah. a number that are going to start to think, could we do that too? But you have to have good performance, it looks like, to be able to, to dip your toe in that water. I can see the meetings, the emails already being tossed around, the emails coming back from Labor Day. Hey, let, let's take a look at our fund or our fee strategy. <laughs> <laughs> Something to that effect. All right, Peggy, exactly. thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Peggy Collins, investing team leader at Bloomberg News in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. I just want to mention, I think this is appropriate considering we're at the U.S. Open, but Serena Williams, who was here last year, well, she welcomed a baby girl this morning, six pounds, 13 ounces, with her fiance, Alexis Ohanian, who is the uh, co-founder of Reddit, or founder of Reddit, I should say. All right, everybody. It is time for a check on your latest World of National News headlines. Let's head on over to Nathan Hager in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Nathan. Welcoming new life and lives still affected by uh, Hurricane Harvey. We just got a new estimate of the flooding in Harris County, which includes Houston. 156,000 homes damaged. Houston's where President Trump is headed tomorrow, as we hear from Bloomberg's Irv Chapman. The president invited a group of religious leaders to the White House as he declared Sunday a national day of prayer for the flood victims, and he lauded those who aided the rescue operations. I've watched the Coast Guard. Thousands of lives have been saved by our great Coast Guard. They have done incredible work in the most vicious seas that they've seen in many, many years. As to the billions of dollars needed to rebuild... We're doing everything we can, and... We're working on emergency funding. House leaders are planning for a vote next week on the first $6 billion installment. Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio, Washington. President Trump says he'll make a decision soon on DACA, the Obama-era Dreamers program that protects immigrants who are brought into the country illegally as children from being deported. White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders was pressed on it today. I'll say it for a third or fourth time, and I'm sure I'll get another five or six more questions on this, and I'll get to say it another five or six more times. We're in the process of finalizing that decision, and those details, and we'll announce that on Tuesday. House Speaker Paul Ryan and Utah Senator Orrin Hatch say the future of the program should be up to Congress. Hundreds of CEOs have written the president urging him not to scrap the program. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.